Yeah, drinking beers and eating tacos. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! Please don't make me come drink beer and eat tacos. Hey, Brian Caves. I I don't have a bone to pick to you with you. This is not your fault. But I texted a good friend, a good friend of the show, Shane Ricker. I texted him a few weeks ago. And for some reason, I wanted to go see the Blue Jackets and Golden Knights play. I wanted to see the hockey game because I am a San Jose Sharks fan. We haven't talked about hockey too much. Again, that's on our other hockey. That's on our hockey podcast, Hockey Time Excellent. Um, I wanted to see the Golden Knights lose. So I wanted to go to this game. I didn't wear any shark stuff. I do support the Blue Jackets 80 games out of the year. But I, I paid him on Monday. I paid him 20 bucks for the ticket. He's a season ticket holder. So he's like, yeah, just 20 bucks. That's fine. So I, I paid him the 20 bucks. Everything was cool. Then yesterday afternoon, and again, not calling you out. This is not your fault by any means. You text me and you said, hey, do you want two tickets? Uh, do you wanna, or do you want to go to the Blue Jackets game? For free, and I was, I was pretty annoyed with myself. <laughs> I had, to be fair, I had no idea I was going to win um, tickets on just uh, the day of on Twitter. It was like, what was the account that you wanted from? Uh, the Schwide. Schwide. It's like a fan account. Uh, I think it's like shorthand for Nationwide Arena. Uh, it's like a Blue Jackets fan account. They they post a lot of good stuff. So they're they're a fun follow. Good analysis, kind of uh, pretty funny too. And and I saw that you won tickets from them. I mean, I'm not above. You know, I like I like free things, Thomas. I'm not a. You know, if, if someone wants to give us free things for me to say nice things about them, we're for sale. I think we've made that pretty clear. <laughs> we've kind of laxed on that a little bit because apparently the sponsors haven't been knocking at our doors too hard there hasn't been much pounding on the doors but we're, we're still open everybody we're not gonna we're not gonna turn you down but it was a it was a good well it wasn't a good game of hockey it was a really it was a really ugly game of hockey but it was an all-around fun night did you have a fun time yeah i had a had a good time um Ended up hanging out with you and Shane for most of the game. We, you know, we had some good people watching opportunities. We drank, <laughs> a, we partook in some uh, delicious Christmas ale. Oh, the 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 inaugural, uh, the inaugural, not the inaugural. Yeah, no, like the kickoff, the kickoff first, event, first one of the season for sure. First one of this, yeah, the opening pitch of uh, of Christmas ale season. It was what the it's the the middle aged white guy pumpkin spice latte. Oh, for, for especially here, like coming, moving here a couple years ago, and that's all anyone. When I talked about beer, that's like all anyone talked about was belt was uh, you know, Great Lakes Christmas Ale. You got to have a Great Lakes. I was like, because we didn't have it, they didn't, they didn't distribute back to Florida. So I was like, okay, I'm I'm a beer drinker. I'll I'll partake and. I'm, oh no! A... Please don't force me to have this beer. <laughs> oh no! Oh God! Twist my arm, uh, and <laughs> I'm I'm a believer. I've uh, I've come to love the uh, the Great Lakes Christmas Ale. It was the highlight of the night. Outside of the camaraderie, it was a close second for highlight of the night. It was it was a good time. They ended up losing two to one. 
with I think five or six different shots that went behind uh, Flower Boy Flory for the Golden Knights that scooted behind him, but never enough to get into the net. Um, they had a lead for a, a good fleeting two minutes, I think, two to five minutes. I could, I, I can't remember, but we I, that was probably one of the more fun times I've had at the hockey game. Yeah, no, it was a it was a good time. Had a, a lot of fun, and you know, it helped for me that the tickets were free. I mean, free tickets never hurt to anything. Um, <sighs> Rub it in, Brian. But even if I'd spent money, I you know, I will say that I did enjoy myself. It was a great time, and we but did you see. You have to Uber home. Exactly, oh, no, what, and, what, and we saw our Sonny Mil- Sonny Milano truther. Oh, uh, we did. We did see him. We walked past him in the in the little walkway, and I turned around to Shane. I was like, "That's the guy." That's the truther. Sonny Milano, a bad game he had. Does he really have a lot of good games at this point, other than <laughs> other than in that guy's opinion? Well, that's one shot that he made. The one shot in the game it, between the legs. That was I mean that was clutch, but um he I mean, Jesus did a lot of different a lot of different things. Walking on water, water to wine, bringing people back from the dead. Loaves and fishes. Loaves and fishes. I'm, I'm counting one for Sonny Milano. So far, and I wouldn't even put it. I wouldn't even put it as a one because you can't compare a shot. Because now that that such shot, she, oh, that shot seems to be the new hotness so far this season. I've seen that from three other people so far this season. So a miracle, it's not. But well, I'm a big. I just have to get this off my chest because you saw the memes on November 1st. You saw the memes where, oh, October 31st is Halloween. And then November 1st, ho ho, it's Christmas time. And everyone starts going to Christmas. I think that there is a war on Thanksgiving. There's this fight against the camaraderie, the family, the friendship, just the, 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 the thankful feelings of having a Thanksgiving season. And you know what? I felt like I betrayed myself last night. I was fighting, fighting the good fight, fighting alongside Tommy Turkey. We were on the battlefield fighting against Christmas, trying to hold it back. It was kind of like a Lord of the Rings movie where we had this big door. And we have all these soldiers holding against the door like, okay, hold your ground. Don't don't let them break through. That's Chills. Christmas. That's yeah. Christmas in the two towers trying to slam through the door, trying to get through. And we're like, no, I'm not going to let them. And then I see one sign for a Christmas ale in the nationwide arena. And I open the door. Come on in. Like Get a moth to a guys. flame. Get in here, guys. The water's fine. I started I started turning against everything I believed in. You know, I'll allow it. I think Christmas, uh, you know, Christmas is coming. And I, like you, am very pro-Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we we all have so much to be thankful for, obviously, in our lives. But not to mention, like you said, the friends and the family and uh, the food. You know, I like to eat. Um, I'm not a you know I'm not a skinny guy. I didn't get this figure, um, the figure that I have by you know not eating <laughs> the football. You know, all the good stuff. So yeah, I'm very pro Thanksgiving. Um, but I think with beer, I think beer is an exception. Like, it's not like you're out there, you know, putting your Christmas lights up and you're not, uh, you know, I haven't heard, I haven't heard you play. All I want for Christmas is you yet. Not to say you haven't played it. I don't, I don't know what you listen to all the time, but 
haven't seen it hasn't shown up as a song of the day yet at least um so i th- i think you're okay for now i th- i think uh, you tommy turkey will let this one slide you know i i i can applaud that i can applaud that the shelf life of these beers too it it's fleeting these oktoberfest beers are gone oh, they're off the shelf i mean don't remind me Right when October 31st hits, you were talking about bringing pumpkin beer to a little Thanksgiving celebration. Where are you going to get it? I've saw so many. I went to Meyer this evening, and I might have bought a six-pack of Christmas sales. But there were so many different Christmas beers already out. I couldn't find any pumpkin beers. They're all gone. Gone. All of them gone. Interesting. Well. I guess we just have to we have to conform. We might just have to drink a Christmas ale at, at Thanksgiving. Oh no, <sighs> that's okay. We're not going to abandon Thanksgiving. We are we are pro Thanksgiving podcast. We need to have a Thanksgiving special here in Absolutely. a few weeks. Yeah. Well. Anyway, uh, we're not here to talk about holidays. Our, our our holiday special was last week. We've got another enough stuff to talk about. So let's get started. <laughs> Welcome everybody to Bright and Me. My name is Thomas Costello and joined as always by Brian Caves. This is a podcast where we talk about soccer and other things, other censored things. Mm. Tonight we've got an exciting one. We have a, a, a monumental anniversary. This is the aluminum anniversary. This is our 10th episode. How, how are you feeling? Man, you know, I'm wearing my tinfoil hat. <laughs> um, ready to talk about some potential conspiracies later. Um, it's it's a beautiful thing, man. It's it's we're ten episodes in. Hopefully, um, we get through at least ten more um, before we're kicked <laughs> off the air. High expectations. Boom. They they always say the first episode's always easier to write. They always have a ton of ideas for the first episode. It's the next ones that are the hard ones, and we're ten in. I think we're over the hump. I think they're going to get better from here on out. I think we've set the bar low enough where we know where to go, but get better from here on out. I was going to say, they can't get much worse. So. <laughs> they can't get much worse. But tonight, we've got a lot of stuff to cover. You know we're, we're, we're going to cover all that Premier League hotness. We're going to discuss Tottenham, uh, insert Bryant sad emoji, and we're going to talk about Liverpool, insert Thomas happy emoji. We're also going to talk about Champions League because that is a thing that happened. Yeah, so I'm sure I'm sure we're going to talk about that. We're also going to discuss some some bad signs, signs that did not open up our eyes when we oh, saw them. The sign. Uh, we're also going to talk about censorship and being triggered. Mm. Key key point of our episode today that we have our second special guest, and he's here to confuse the heck out of you because we've got. Another Brian. Brian Elijah joins us from the the state of Michigan to talk to us about Chelsea fandom, why you should support Chelsea, and what the heck happened on Fun Bus 2. We're getting really close. I don't want to give away anything, but he gave us some from some juicy deets. You know, I know you're a big Dateline fan. It really felt like a Dateline story. Like I was transported there for a few minutes listening to it. I almost felt my inner Keith Morrison come out like, oh, 
Yeah? Tell me more. I almost went there, but I, I felt the Morrison creeping up. I, I think it's more of a Bill Hader <laughs> Morrison impersonation. <laughs> anyway, but first, this is a soccer podcast. At least we say it is. So why, why don't we talk a lot of, uh, why don't we talk about a little bit of it, Mr. Caves? Do we have to? Yeah, we do. You had a you had an eventful one one draw against Everton. It was um I think I texted you at one point during the game that it was the worst game of soccer I'd ever watched in my life. And you're an MLS fan. That says a lot. I mean, it was like two teams that looked like they would have completely rather been uh anywhere else. Um, for any of you Simpsons fans, um, the Simpsons episode where uh, they go to the soccer match and the announcer is just saying, you know, he passes the ball and he holds it, holds it, holds it. <laughs> That's exactly what that uh, exactly what that felt like. Um, shout out to a great. Uh, a great tweet I saw um, from another good soccer podcast called Across the Pond. It says uh, about that game, it says, ah, yes, Spurs versus Everton, a.k.a. if the crushing existential weight of knowing we all eventually die alone was distilled into a football club garden. <laughs> oh, that, that is, I did not see that quote. That's that's pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. Uh, speaking of crushing, um, Son was out there. He was... He was breaking ankles and not like skip to my Lou and one mixtape breaking ankles. He was legit. Like he was creating some, some pretty rough angles, angles that ankles should not make. Yeah. I, I, did you see the, have you seen the ankle? I, I get the heebies and the jeebies when I see that kind of stuff. I avoid injury um, things. I'm, I'm not like of, some people who gravitate towards like, oh, they want to see those. And I do not like seeing those things. I am. I am one of those people. And normally I'm squeamish, oh, but, but when it comes to sports and something about sports injuries, um, the ankle was facing the wrong direction is what mm. I'll say. Mm. I mean, son. Okay. And, and, and I'm a hundred percent biased here. Son is probably my favorite player. Son is, son is my favorite player on the team. I love Sonny. And I think most people agree that even opposing fans agree that son is a really great guy. Seems yeah. like an awesome guy. Seems like a very good human being. He went in for a hard tackle, um, tried to get the ball. He did clip him. The tackle isn't what caused the injury The the injury was he lost balance. Serge Aurier was coming up to try and take the ball. And he stepped, Gomez steps wrong, and that ankle just snapped. I mean, it mm. was it was a brutal injury. Um, and Son, again, great guy, was just devastated. I mean, he he was. Have you seen the clip? I haven't seen the clip. I've only seen the still image of the guy on the ground for Everton and son just looking down at, and he looks upset. He doesn't look like, I mean, he immediately was bawling. I mean, I'm, he wasn't like, uh, he wasn't like, you know, a little bit upset. He was inconsolable. 
bawling his eyes out, head in his hands, just, you know, he didn't, he meant to go for, in for a hard tackle and yeah, it was a yellow card. It was a yellow card tackle all day long. Um, was it a little reckless? Yeah, it probably was. It was nowhere near the red card that it was given. Um, and you know, which of course was retracted later in the week, which yeah. I don't know if it the makes injury me... made it a little worse. Yeah. Yeah. I, Cause the ref originally went to hand him a yellow and then I think looked at the injury and pulled out the red, um, which I kind of think that's why we have VAR, but that's neither. Oof, here we'll talk here. about that in a minute. Um, yeah. VAR is a cluster. So anyway, Tottenham at that point is up one nil. Really nice goal earlier in the game from Deli Alley. Good to see him get on the board because I think he's key to our team if we're going to do anything. Um, and then, of course, after we go down 10 men, in typical Spurs fashion, we give up a a late goal in stoppage time, which this was a personal record for me um, because of the injury and other things. That was the longest stoppage time I've ever seen. How long was um, it? 12 minutes. Oh, dang. Ooh, okay. I've never seen double digits initially awarded like that. I mean, it was because there was a really long VAR review, too. Yeah. On handball. But, uh, you know, just kind of a typical Spursy type game for this season. Kind of Murphy's Law. Anything that can go wrong will. I mean, I'm happy we didn't lose. Right. Um, you know, I'd rather have a point than no points, but still a game where we probably should have won that we snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. <laughs> hey, but then today in the Champions League, totally redeem yourself. Boom. We go to that war Red zone. Star Belgrade. Good God. The email I sent you or the text I sent you today with the photo from Tottenham about the away fans. Tell them a little more about it because they can't see our texts. Yeah, so it was there was an email that that I saw on Twitter that Spur you know, Tottenham had sent out to fans that had bought tickets, away fans in in Belgrade, and it basically first warned people that the pickup location for the bus to the stadium was no longer going to be in the city center, but like four or five miles outside of the city center due to safety concerns. And then the fans were warned not to wear um, Tottenham gear, Tottenham colors, not to identify yourself as a Tottenham supporter, not to talk to anyone um, for concerns of safety. Um, and I think then, they even told you you had to learn, you had to learn their language and learn enough to tell them, no, I'm going to the book club. I think yes. that's what you had to do. It was pretty intricate. It's I'm like, if, if that's what it takes to go, I'm good. I'm not going. I'm not going. <laughs> and of course the video has gone around. Everyone's seen it. I've, most people, at least I think I've seen it on Twitter by now of the, of the tunnel, um, that looks like, again, like a gulag or something going into that stadium it's just insane and it's not Um, even the the video that tottenham shared that's one thing to show the walkway you know it's a long walkway there are turns and stairs and blah 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 blah. but there's been videos shared before of that walkway 
whenever the stadium's full and people are singing and people are screaming like you can walk through the halls and just hear you can almost hear them shaking you can hear the wall shaking you can hear the fans going crazy as a player especially if you're playing in the premier league and i know the premier league has a history of some hooliganism and some rough fans but these players in the current league now have not lived through that. That they is have a not lived whole, through that stuff. That is a whole other, you know, you see <sighs> flares and fire and all kind of stuff out in the crowd. No, but um, to go to that place, that horrifying place. And yeah, they played really well. They experimented with the lineup. No, mm-hmm. no Erickson in the starting lineup. We actually, I know you um, felt really upset about that. Uh, broke my heart. Um, <laughs> We started Lacelso, who was one of our start summer uh, summer signings, and what do you know? He scored a goal. Huh. You know, maybe if you play the players you spent money for, um, maybe they might do something for you. Um, but yeah, you know, happy to come out of there with a four nil win. So that helps between beating them five nil last time and four nil this time. We've made up a lot of that goal differential that we lost, getting blown out by Bayern. Yeah. Um, and you know, right now we control our destiny in the in the pod. Yeah. I mean, we're sitting at um I believe we're sitting at seven points now, Byron's at nine. Um, you know, get a result even in the next two next two matches. Just don't lose. Or if you want to go ahead and beat Olympiacos, because we're probably not gonna beat Byron. Um and you're pretty well guaranteed to be in at 10 points is, is pretty well guaranteed to get you through at this point. So, yeah, which is better than last year because both of our teams did not fare very well in the group stage. Both of, you know, don't want to give away the ending, got enough to make it through. Yeah. But it's still, I like it when it's not as nerve wracking. No, I enjoy it when you, when you kind of not coast, but when you feel a little better about it, I mean, last year, I told you Liverpool struggled. We lost in that same arena because we yeah. thought we could bring, because we played Red Star Belgrade, we thought that we could just, oh, play the kids. We'll be all right. No, they were not all right. Mm-hmm. They were not all right against them. They still won their league. You still have to win your league to be in the Champions League. You still have to be a competitor in your own division. Like Playing the kids, these kids are used to playing in half-empty stadiums these U23s, U18 kids, and then you put them in a stadium where you walk through a bubbling cauldron before you even get onto the field of of screaming and stomping and flares. These kids aren't used to seeing that stuff. But Tottenham came in and they they played some of the big boys. You know, you didn't didn't sit everybody like Liverpool. They they, they, they didn't expect much. We played a starting, I mean not quite a, a general Premier League starting lineup, but we played, I mean, Kane played, Sun started, mm-hmm. um, you know, Davinson Sanchez started. We started a lot of guys that get a lot of playing time on our typical squads. So, and no, yeah, we, we went in understanding that, you know, right now we need any wins we can get, um, right. if only just to help the mentality. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was happy that, you know what, they went in and took care of business. Beat yeah. the beat the teams you're supposed to beat. You are allowed to beat teams you're better than. Right. Now, speaking of mentality, we'll we'll switch gears to the mentality giants. That would mm-hmm. be Liverpool Football Club. We had a 
we had a match against uh, Jank here in the Champions League. We won 2-1. to one. Nothing really insane to talk about on that one. All the drama for Liverpool came over the weekend with our Premier League uh, Premier League matchup against Aston Villa where we, in recent Liverpool form, gave up the opening goal, which we talked last week a little bit. If, if I was a fan three years ago, we gave up the opening goal. I thought, okay, well, we need another three or four just to catch up. Because we're going to give up a lot more than this. Uh, and then in the match, Bobby Firmino scores a goal, which is called off sides. So they did they did the VAR. Now, I didn't get to see any of this because this is probably the one match that will be on NBC Gold for Liverpool this entire season. NBC Gold, for those who don't know, it's the paywall service where it used to be if you had cable subscription, you could watch all the Premier League games they had them on all the different channels. You just had to pay your one subscription, sign into the NBC Sports app, watch all the matches. Two years ago, they introduced NBC Gold. Now you have to pay extra on top of your normal cable to watch Ugh. all these extra matches. So I felt like an Everton fan over the weekend because I don't have NBC Gold. <laughs> I, I didn't watch the match. I didn't go out for it because I got kids at home. I got a wife at home. I'm not going out to watch every single match at the bar. I can't. It's just not feasible. So I, I, I opted. You know what? I'm not going to watch the match. So I had to get, like any self-respecting soccer fan who's cheap, I had to follow it on Twitter. <laughs> and Been there, done that. <laughs> and Bobby Firmino, he scores a goal, calls offside. They do VAR, and then they come back and say, "No, he was offsides." A lot of stuff is swirled around. A lot of photos, and then later videos came out showing that they have the the very special technology that they draw the lines and they show you what body yep. part is offsides compared to this and that. They ended up saying, and you couldn't tell me there's a difference in the lines except for different colors. They said that Bobby Firmino's armpit was offsides. His <laughs> armpit. Now, at this point, I saw this around halftime and I, I was a little frustrated. I was in full, 10 minutes left in the match. We were down 1-0. I thought, you know, you can't win every match of the season. (laughs) This stuff happens, blah, 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 blah. So I went for a walk. I went outside. I didn't even check my phone. I plugged in my earbuds, plugged in my uh, headphones into my phone to listen to some tunes, and I just took a walk around the neighborhood. I wanted to get some steps in. I wanted to clear my head a little bit. And then I checked my phone about halfway through the walk, I see that we won two to one in those final 10 minutes. Well, for 15 minutes, if you include the five minutes stoppage time, Andy Robertson scores a goal and then Sadio Mane scores a goal. So we win the match. It later comes out going back to that VAR situation. They showed a video. Apparently they will record the entire VAR process. So the, the ref in this one was Martin Atkinson, who is normally a head judge, like a head official during these matches, but they rotate This is the first year they've done VAR here in the Prem. So he was on his VAR duties. Now, he does not have a very good history with Liverpool supporters. There are some refs that we like, and Martin Atkinson is not one of the refs that we like. (laughs) He does not seem to be too much of a fan of Liverpool, which is good. You don't want your ref to be a fan of anybody. You also don't want him to actively be against (laughs) the team that you that you're rooting for. So they showed the video and you wouldn't believe it, 
And this got out to the British media and they went all over it because you got a lot of time to fill on TV. You got to fill it with something. They have a lot of, you know, all the time, 24 seven soccer channels over there that they got to fill. They got to fill it with something. They showed the video from VAR where they, he, Martin Eggson, he established the point where Firmino was, established the point where the defender was, and it said it was onside. It said it was onside, and then he slightly moved it. He slightly moved it to the left. A hair. A hair. Just enough to cause it to be offsides. And then they're like, oh, yep, this is it. This is offsides. Now, if Liverpool would have lost that match, Man City ended up winning. It would have been a, it would have been a, um, they would have caught up with us by three points, cut the lead down to, I think, four, four, three points. If it came down to that, if it came down to a point or a couple points at the end of the season, and that was the reason that Liverpool didn't win the league, there would be rioting. There would be, (laughs) there would be anger because VAR, now you're a Tottenham supporter. You have benefited from VAR. You we made won. it to the Champions League final because of VAR. Because it correctly... It did. In that situation, it did. I was about to say, the Champions League VAR, these refs from around Europe... Night and day. They seem yeah. to be doing very well with it. In, in England, the first year they're doing it, I think they use VAR to confirm what they already think. They're... So for me, they're afraid to side. overdo the ref. Is 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 what it feels like. They don't want to show that the ref is wrong. Right. Exactly. In most cases, at least the ones that you hear about. Now, this could be you know loudest person in the room syndrome, but it feels an awful lot like they're using VAR to just confirm the bias that they already have or confirm the call because they called Firmino offside, which is even against the whole VAR system because they don't call it if it's close anymore. Right. If it's close, they let the game play on, and then if a goal scored, then they'll review it. Wave it off, yep. So it feels like they're just trying to confirm what they already think. Yeah. They need, in my opinion, they the person doing the VAR should not be one of the referees that's typically calling a match. Like They should have people whose sole job is to do VAR. You, you talked about Martin, Martin Atkinson. Uh, Martin Atkinson stayed in Liverpool because was Liverpool's match at Anfield? Mm, yes. So Wait. he actually... It was not, no. No, it was not? Okay. So the next day, he was actually the head ref for uh, Spurs and Everton at, at Merseyside. He, he made the sun call that was the red. So great week, great weekend for Martin Atkinson. Um, <laughs> but I think uh, I think you need to have completely independent uh, referees doing the VAR. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who's not going to be concerned that um, is this same call going to come back to bite me because I overturned it yesterday. Right. So he he comes into it a little, a little more nervous, right? They don't want to probably normally would be. They don't want to show their colleagues up. They don't want to show themselves up. Um, so, yeah, it's you hate to see 
it being used this way because there are, there are benefits. It shouldn't have to be that long a review. You need to have somebody watching the match in the VAR place and really going in there and, and calling these files as they see them or calling these situations as they see them. But because I know, mean, the one, we won the match. I, I can't. The one thing I'll say is, as a, as a fan of sports, right, is the one one of the things that really drew me to soccer, football, whatever you want to call it, is the is the pace. It's the pace. It's the flow. It's that there's constant action. There's constantly something going on. Strategy. And you can see the plays building up. You can see, yeah. Watching an NFL game right now is brutal like man i don't i don't have five hours because everything gets reviewed everything takes forever and that's just about every play but we're also watching jaguars and browns games let's be fair this this is fair well i luckily i don't i don't have i don't live in florida so i don't have to watch the jaguars anymore god lucky Um, guy right it's so great Uh, unless they're playing a you know a team that's local but it's. I don't want VAR to do to the uh, to do that sport what I think what a lot so much of the instant replay has done to the NFL, right. where it's it's damn near unwatchable sometimes because there's just no there's no flow, there's no rhythm to the game. Um, anytime there is a big moment, it comes back for something. A hand to the face, a blind side block where. The guy hits him on the side instead of directly in the front. Every touchdown's reviewed. So can you really get excited about the touchdown until they review it? You know, it's like. <sighs> you don't want to you don't want to see it go down that road. You want to get the calls right. But at what point do you not care if all the calls are right? And you just no, want it, it, to point, see competition at some point, man, if it's. If to me, what it should be for, honestly, is because the whole idea, right, is it's it's irrefutable. The phrase they use, I hear it more in college football than anywhere, is irrefutable video evidence. Right. If if you don't have irrefutable video evidence to overturn the call on the field, so let's review it. If after two minutes you don't have something that confirms one way or the other, then just leave the play as is. Yeah. And let's go. You know what I mean? Like, we shouldn't be. I get we want to make the calls right, but we also don't want to make the calls right to the millisecond inch. Like, I mean, at some point, you know, in baseball, it's, you know, if, if the guy's hand comes off the base for like a millisecond and he tags him mm-hmm. and he's out, it's like, yeah, but okay like your natural body <laughs> movement sometimes are going to do things too like yeah no. there's they're they're calling baseball specifically they're calling replays to see if the ball grazed against the pant leg of a player right it's like so you're going to see baseball players wearing baggy pants just to make sure that sure. you know they get a little extra a little extra space to be quote unquote hit by a pitch and i was an indians fan i will Called as I see it two years ago in the playoffs, Lonnie Chisenhall had that same thing. The ball barely brushed his pants, sure. brushed it, which made the bases loaded. And then Frankie Lindor hits a grand slam. Hey. In, in baseball, a few years prior to that, that's a ball. And if Lonnie strikes out or if he hits out, the game goes on. 
Mm-hmm. So you have some excitement sometimes, but overall, I'd say soccer so far, and this is the first year the Premier League's done it. So maybe give it some more time. But after football, this has been one of the worst for replays. Hasn't been great so far. No. Well, other things that are not great. We're going to move out of soccer a little bit. I know we've been talking about soccer way too much. We're becoming an almost dedicated soccer podcast. We need another debate. We got one coming in a couple weeks. Uh, We're not going to talk about that tonight. We want to talk about something that's been hitting, and not even just local. Now, the instances we're going to share, we're we're here in Ohio, but there are other places that were also hit with it. There was uh, some signage going around some some colleges, and now we talk about we're going to talk about censorship tonight. We're going to talk about some stuff. So it's it's kind of a fine line. Not it's not as fine when you actually get close to the line. But we talk about not censoring free speech. And many argue, many being people on Facebook or people who are afraid of strangers or other human beings, might think these signs are just a reflection of free speech. But on college campuses, uh, specifically Ohio Wesleyan up in Delaware County, and then at the Ohio State University here in beautiful downtown Columbus, a a group called... Patriot Front mm. posted signs outside of education buildings, outside of dormitories. Some signs pretty much saying things like, it's okay to be white. And saying other different, um, you could say white supremacists because that's true. White supremacist sayings around the universities luckily this has not hit all the universities there are plenty of different colleges here in columbus and in the central ohio area but this is not just ohio this has happened in other states over the last few weeks similar groups actually the same group patriot front who has a um, claim that they are just trying to secure the heritage of their european Mm. ancestors which is a way to spin that um we only like white people. But Brian, you saw this story. You actually alerted it to me. What uh what are you thinking as you see stuff like this happen? Um, and I know we're gonna get into free speech issues later, but um one thing to point out to people that are gonna say, um, you know, this is free speech, right? Is that hate speech is not a protected speech by the First Amendment. That's been de- decided in multiple uh, multiple court cases over the years so this and this is undoubtedly hate speech this is this is racism this is it's disgusting i mean it's really completely unacceptable at this point the the it's okay to be white people and you know god help me I, you know this the article that uh, i know you i share with you is from the dispatch um, I made the mistake of going on Facebook and looking at the comment section. Um, I have an which, allergic reaction to comments. I told you I have an allergic reaction. I, it results in me, my blood pressure goes up, and then it results in me replying. I can't do it. And good God, guys, if there's one thing you learned from tonight's podcast, just stay out of the comment section. <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> for, Don't go. For, for the sake of your, uh, for the sake of your health. 
stay out of the comment section. And I'm reading it. Like, and... I'm sorry. I feel like Billy Madison when he sees the kid in elementary school. I can't wait till I'm in high school, Billy. Like, <laughs> no, no, you don't. And he grabs his face and he squeezes it and he shakes it. Don't ever say that again. That's what I feel like with the comment stay section. Stay young. Anyway. <laughs> um, just the people that are either, you know, defending it, uh, what they're saying, you know, you know, having pride in being white is uh, no different than having pride in being, you know, being black or being Latino or being Asian American, you know, whatever the case is. And first of all, no, <laughs> I mean, it's, or the people that then like to throw out that it's some kind of Antifa uh, hoax, that Antifa <sighs> put it out there to you know some kind of false flag, kind of Alex Jones situation. Mm. I mean, guys, I mean, this is it's not okay. Like this is not okay. This type of speech is not okay. It no. was. It wasn't okay before, but it's but it's 2019. Like, you know better at this point. Right. It's... Uh, it makes you not afraid. You just get annoyed. You get angry. You get upset. You look at the generalizations and I've shared on the pad. I don't like generalizations. I don't like blanket statements over that, but I, I don't act that way. I don't think those things, I don't see those things, but you get to a point and the news does a, and not just the news, but the stories that happen. And I think the administration is a good part of it. It starts to cast a shadow, you know, that, people white people are superior we need to you know um i'm trying to find the words looking at everybody with the same light like i don't i don't feel those things i don't think those things but what's to say anybody knows that when they see me what's to say anybody knows that and this is such a minor thing this is such a white guy problem to have Thinking that this is a problem, thinking that this is even an issue when you have people who are, you bring up the point where they say, well, it's okay because I'm allowed to support being white just like people are with black or Latino or Asian or this, that, or the other. But the reason there's so much pride behind it, there's the reason there's so much of a fight behind it is because of how marginalized they are. Because of how poorly they get treated by the people in power, the people are supposed to represent them, which by the way, the election day yesterday you see these, uh, especially like in Virginia, where these formerly gerrymandered districts are now widening out and they're becoming more constitutional. And wouldn't you believe it, these candidates who've held it for such a long time are losing by 20 or 30 points. Anyway, it's it's very different. <laughs> White people are not marginalized. We, I mean, we're, we're comfortable enough to make podcasts. We can do whatever we want. It's not... It's sad, really, when you it's, it's fear, it's ups, it's it's being scared. That's what leads people to make signs like this and post them out in the public to try to get people to to see their point. But the point is so shallow. But it, but I think it's also there. Yes, they're afraid, but I think it's there to make other people afraid too. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's to send that signal, right? Like. 
um, you know, it's on it's on college campuses. That's for a reason. Because what what do you see on college campuses more than the general population? People you see who are people, whose minds change. You're young and impressionable. You're young and impressionable. Or you've got people that are uh, young, tend to be more liberal, tend to be more educated. Um, you see people of, you know, going to college for me, I experienced being around so many different people from so many different backgrounds that I never did in the place where I grew up. Mm-hmm. So college campuses, there is more diversity than in some places. There are more people of different mindsets, different views. So it's, it's, again, it's that signal, right? Hey, we're still out here. Right. You, you think you're in a place that's uh, safe and welcoming, but Hey, we're still out here and don't forget that it's, it's intimidation. Yeah, no, that's a good, it's a good way to point it out. Another kind of piece of intimidation in this entire thing before we get to the censorship part. And this is hard to, this is kind of hard to talk about because you don't want to give trolls. You don't want to give trolls any attention because that's what they want, right? Of course. If people call themselves a troll, they're doing that because they want to get a rise out of you. But there have been a couple things that have happened over the last week. Some areas of censorship, some things where you could even say it's um, helping out these groups that post these signs and it kind of gives them a voice, gives them the power First thing, it I, I hate to bring it up, but something happened in your own state, Brian. What was what happened? So, um, because every insane, ridiculous thing that happens happens in my home state of Florida. Um, there was a recent situation where a, a council, a city council, back in uh, Citrus County, which is like central Florida area. Um, basically decided that in order to, um, they were asked to approve a $2,700 expenditure for the local libraries to have an annual subscription to the New York Times. Um, and so these folks decided that, well, the New York Times, um, only prints fake news and I stand with President Trump. And so, you know what? We don't really need a subscription to the New York Times. So we're not going to approve um, that expenditure. When they were already paying for the subscription with the paper version. Yes. And if they wouldn't have brought it up, they would have never known. They would have never cared. They would have never done anything about it. So you've got a group of people who are saying... Because this um, uh, publication, right, journalism, I think, has been a theme. It's been something we've we've talked about on the pod before. I know it's something you're you're very interested in, um, mm-hmm. something you're studying a lot. But I think they're saying that this publication that says things that are true, generally, but we don't like what they have to say because we hold a different viewpoint that we in a position of power are going to say that those of you that use the service, right. Use the library service, read this newspaper. You don't need to read that. Right. And this is what Donald Trump talked about. I think it was a week and a half, two weeks ago. He said the same thing. 
He said the White House is canceling their subscription to the New York Times. So they're following line. It's it's not creative at all. You're just doing the same thing that you noticed some guy on TV miles and miles away from you, states and states away from you. He did it, so I we're going to do it. Our constituents like this guy, so we're going to do it. But it, it, it all points back to to censorship. It all points back to removing the views that you that you want to have or the removing the views that don't line up with your views. And going back to even when he was elected, one of the first things that came out whenever he was elected between that, you know, November to January when he went through the inauguration was he was going to bring down the press corps. He wasn't going to have the press corps travel with him everywhere. He's going to have less people traveling with him. And then you brought in people, your uh, Sarah Sanders of the world, you brought them in as the press secretary to pretty much beat down and demean the people who do show up and you have them being treated like crap. I mean, this went all the way back to 2015 and 16 when Trump is on the campaign trail. This is all a, a Breitbart, Steve Bannon, you know, cog in the right. machine is to take down the media that doesn't agree with you. It's, and it's 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 it, it, it's censorship. That's what it boils down to. It's yeah. I mean, it's infuriating. I mean, it's it's again, it's silencing the voices that disagree with you. It's this mm-hmm. is one step from okay. So we don't like the New York Times. So what's next, right? What what's the next um, publication? What's the next book? You know that they don't that they don't want you to read. Um, what's the next? Okay, you know we start here. What's next? Or mm-hmm. when's the book burning? You know this is uh, this is one step away from from book burnings. I mean this is the start. This is where you know we talk about slippery slopes, right? That's a mm-hmm. a common thing, particularly on the right. They love to talk about you know we take guns away or something. It's a slippery slope to to this, that, or the other, and to safety and people not getting shot. Yeah. This sure sounds like a slippery slope to me. And it's not just um, DJT, but you see it with his sons. I just saw a little earlier, Eric Trump was on one of the news stations. And he said that that the Trump family is being treated unfairly, especially President Trump. And the impeachment was so unfair and it doesn't fall in line with all of these things. And they're just blatant lies because... It's going on the Constitution. The impeachment has been going through the steps that the Constitution lays out. It's been going through the process. And, and even his own family it comes out and attacks everything that's said about it. And it's just the liberal media. It's the liberal news media. And not Eric Trump, because if you watch SNL, um, I love that when they have Donald Jr. and Eric Trump on there because they do a great job impersonating them. Um, but really Donald Jr. has trying to come up. And when we talk about trolls, he's called himself the self-appointed meme general. And his own word, he was one of the best trollers on the internet. He released his own book called Triggered. Did you see that, Brian? Um, Unfortunately, I did. (laughs) We're going to talk about um, some of the pods that we like listening to later. We're going to do a little episode of pod love a little later just a few that we like to to listen to lately but on that episode today we have a show called what a day that you 
you showed me and I listen to every day. It's a part of my daily routine. Now, when I drive to work, I listen to what a day every day. They have a journalist on there, professional journalist named Gideon Resnick, mm-hmm. who who writes political stories. He does political journalism, political research. And Donald Jr. sent out his book. Now, this might have been a joke. I tried to get some confirmation of it because the what a day is a politics current event podcast with humor involved too but we discussed it we decided that it didn't sound like the first part that he shared was a joke that donald jr sent out this book to him and i'm sure other journalists and the book actually didn't have the book included it was just a recipe for rat soup and a rat sandwich which Gideon Resnick jokes around, it turns into a joke where he says, well, the joke's on him because I made the recipes and they were delicious. And he made he made something, you know, uh, light. He, he gave positivity to it. But the way that he's rolling it out, I did some research, and I hate that my Google search history now has this, but I did a little research on how he's doing the book promotion. And some things that DJT Jr. is doing is having a website set up where you can send a copy of the book to Nancy Pelosi. You can send it to Adam Schiff. You can send it to pretty much all the Democratic presidents who are running for office. You can also send it to um, AOC. Or you can send it to the the House Representative resident from uh, Minnesota, Amon, what's her name? Uh, Ilhan Omar. Ilhan Omar. You can send it to her too. So everybody who gets uh, the poster children from the Republican side of the of the the nasty Democratic uh, Democratic side, the left leaners, the the liberal media elite, they um, you can send them a copy. It's just a way to to actually get somebody to buy the book and this... outside of the 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 twenty percent maggers who uh, magaers who who voted for him. And this goes actually back to something you said earlier about how the, you know, our, our friends down in Citrus County have no original thoughts in their head, right? Mm-hmm. This is completely a ripoff of when um, everyone, a lot of people around the country, there was a thing going around for a while where people were making uh, donations to Planned Parenthood in uh, Mike Pence's Mike name. Mike Pence's name, yeah. It's the same, it's the same thing. I mean, you are you're basically so that you know all this stuff would get sent to Mike Pence. I mean, you're basically doing again because they don't have um, original bones in their bodies. There was a, a along the lines of censorship, um, and I know you and I. One thing you and I have discussed at some point is talking about a a Bryant and Me book club, right? Talking about mm-hmm. books that we love, and um, one of my favorite books one a book that really influenced some of my thinking um is about censorship actually it's you know fahrenheit 451 classic uh by ray bradbury fantastic book if you've never read it i highly recommend it. it's a it has a really good message obviously about censorship but it's also just a good story it's, it tells a really good story and there's a quote um that really with all this going on really stuck out to me from the book uh, that i wanted to share just is kind of wrapping up the bit on censorship. Um, and I actually, I think I shared this on Twitter when we, when we posted that too. Um, this is a book is a loaded gun in the house next door. Burn it. Take the shot from the weapon. Breach man's mind. Who knows who might be the target of the well-read man? Me? I won't stomach them for a minute. 
Yeah. But <laughs> these books too are written. They weren't written <laughs> during the Trump administration. They were written what, 50, 60 years ago. These are books that kind of stand the test of time that keep working because it keeps happening. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Uh, well, I would say to to uh, DJT Junior, and I, I again, I don't like giving trolls anything. I don't like reading the comments. I I could talk to you about times I get into the comments, and I I I'm a typer and a deleter. But he did write an entire book. the The premise of the book was, you know, my family's being mistreated, my dad's being mistreated, and I just have a bit of advice: is if if you don't do horrible things, people aren't going to say horrible things about you. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not rocket science. Don't be a scumbag and people won't call you a scumbag generally. All right. Well, speaking of not scumbags, we do have somebody who's not anywhere close to a scumbag. We have our second guest and he was gracious enough to take some time, even during wedding planning Wow. To talk to us, to talk to lowly Bryant and me, we have Bryant and Elijah, a.k.a. the bub, a.k.a. the backup Bryant. And he's going to talk to us a little bit tonight about Chelsea Football Club. Welcome, everybody, to our second interview, our second interview, Bryant. We've got a little bit of an awkward conversation, awkward only because I'm not sure how to differentiate between which Brian I'm talking to because we've got another guest who is another Bryant. What are the chances we found another Bryant that is into soccer, that is into our podcast? What I mean that maybe that's our, our audience is finding people who are named Bryant or or me. But um other Bryant, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thanks. Um well how are you guys? Doing good. Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing real good. You're coming to us from up in up in the great state of Michigan. Um yeah, I um I just recently moved up here actually. Um the last day of May. Um I'm originally from St. Clairsville, Ohio. Oh, okay. Okay. Is that in the central Ohio area? Kind of in the rural parts of central Ohio? Uh no, it's um it's actually right on the West Virginia border, um, across from Wheeling, West Virginia, off of um I-70. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I grew up in Canton, Ohio. I grew up as a Northeast Ohio elitist with Cleveland and all that. So I don't, I, I immediately don't know as much about the Ohio geography unless you're telling me about Dayton, Toledo, Cincinnati, or Columbus. But I'm learning. Anyway, welcome to the show. We, we've got you on here for a few different reasons. First reason is we're doing this series about bringing Premier League fans from all the different teams in to kind of get to know more about the teams, get to know more about why you support the teams, and then also giving you time to kind of throw a pitch out there as to why other people should join you because the crew season is over. Unfortunately, it ended earlier than we wanted it to end, but it's over. And there's a lot of football to consume on on the TVs and the internet. So sometimes it's hard for people to get into it without a team. So we're just trying to help people out. We're trying to provide a service because everything we do here is for the people. Um, so that's why you're on today because you are first a, a Chelsea supporter, which Brian has very strong feelings. 
<laughs> we're gonna hold those off. We're gonna we hold will. those off. But uh, just just, <laughs> nice. just start us off. Um, how did how did you how did you get into the the sport of football into the footy? How did you get into it? Um. Well, um, I used to be in the Air Force, and um, in 2010, the World Cup was going on, and I had a couple troops who kept uh, asking if we could turn the TV on while we were at work. And um, so finally, after a few days of this, I, I turned it on and let them watch, and um, I kind of got hooked and um, started watching all the U.S. games. And um, that, that's really what started it for me. Um, was you know watching the, the U.S. in the World Cup 2010. I mean, if you were going to start listening or watching soccer, I mean that was a great time to do it, especially for the U.S. because that was the the magical South Africa run. That was the magical, you know, last second Landon Donovan scoring that goal. So that was that was quite the introduction. Um, that was kind actually of, well, the, the we'll minute um, for me because I actually remember. Um, I was at my, well, my, my ex-father-in-law's house at the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember that goal. And I just remember that was the first time I ever, like, jumped up and ran around yelling through the house because of a goal. <laughs> so I kind of figured I was kind of hooked by that point. So Yeah, and it's and as a U.S. fan, it's just gone downhill from there. I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. <laughs> no, no, you're not. No, it, it pretty yeah. well has. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But... um no, that that's awesome. I think that's that story resonates because I think a lot of people got into the sport, especially um, you saw talk about folks from Ohio and kind of rural parts of Ohio. I came from a part of Ohio similar to yours, where you know former industrial area, uh, industrial area, excuse me, that um, wasn't a big soccer hotbed, but <laughs> but these World Cup cycles had a way of kind of pulling people in, um, pulling people into the sport. But that's a uh, that's pretty cool. And then. Um, you didn't have as exciting of an introduction to our 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 podcast as a last minute, you know, goal scoring event. I don't think you've run up and down your house after listening to us, but but we appreciate you being on here. I appreciate the uh, the invite a lot. This is the first time I've ever done a podcast before. Awesome, uh, pretty Do, cool, doing great. So. Speaking of which, it's your first time on the podcast. Um, you're also named Bryant. So I'm just kind of wondering, um, are you here to take my job? <laughs> oh, you know, I don't think that I would be as good at it as you are. So, Oh, this guy. I like he's a, it. He's a charmer. <laughs> no, we, I remember mentioning back and forth because we were talking before we started the show tonight that um, we were discussing back and forth on on the Instagrams about about the groundbreaking at the crew ceremony, and you you commented on one of our photos saying, "Oh, my name is Bryant," and we kind of went back and forth about how you're a Chelsea supporter, and that you kind of became our uh, and you coined the phrase our backup Bryant. Oh yeah, the bub. Yeah, you're the bub. <laughs> you're you're the official bub of the podcast because I mean, when you name a show Bryant and me, you, you're kind of stuck. I'm replaceable, but there's only so many Bryants to go around. And and the on, the only replacements we could think of were you know last names. Um, it was like Kobe Bryant. Well, I guess I guess there's Bryant Gumble. That was know, an option. Guys like that, but you know it's good to actually know one that's you know that's a replaceable. If I'm ever you know 
incapacitated. We're never trying to get rid of you, Brian. Okay, don't don't feel like that's um, that's what we're trying to do. Um, we'll talk more offline. All right, but why uh, why are you a Chelsea supporter? How did you become a Chelsea supporter? Um, well, like I uh, like I mentioned, I had an ex-wife, and um, she had a friend who is from Russia who is super into soccer. And is his name Roman? I <laughs> know, <laughs> uh, no. Um, yeah, I can't even remember her name now. To actually, to... Tulsi. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really. I, yeah, it doesn't really matter. I can't remember her name. Okay, but okay. um, it was it was right after the uh, again the 2010 World Cup. She had said that you know all through. She said that Spain was going to win, and she was following Spain and wanting Spain to win. And um, so I uh, I received orders to um, get stationed in England. And um, so I was like, well, I guess I'm going to have to uh, pick a Premier League team. And she's like, oh, well, uh, you're a Michigan fan. And um, so you should, you, should, you should support Chelsea because they're the Blues. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, that, that makes sense or whatever. And she's like, and also, my favorite player just got signed there, Fernando Torres. Mm. <laughs> so I was like, well, why not? They're the Blues. So I chose them as my team. And um, before even knowing anything about the Premier League, I didn't even know, like, really honestly, like, which teams were – you know, usually they're mm-hmm. not getting relegated or anything like that, you know. So just kind of did it on a whim because they were blue. So, um, yeah, and I'm the type of person that uh, once I make a choice in a sports team, I don't uh, I don't like to revert. So kind of stuck with me. And then uh, when I when I got uh, stationed in England within the uh, first couple of months, I went to a Chelsea match and then. I was completely 100% hooked by then. Like, I would imagine. no going back. That's amazing. Yeah, uh, that's that makes sense going over there. I mean, Brian and I, we haven't... I've seen Liverpool twice, but I've seen them in in U.S. tours. I haven't seen them in Anfield. I haven't seen them in a competitive, real competitive matchup. And uh, But you're on a show where both of us kind of feel the same way. And I think these are... These are important decisions to make because I think most sports fans feel that way. I think most sports fans get a connection to a team and then that's kind of it. And then you ride with them. Uh, kind of not to go into too much uh, DMX, but ride or die type uh, type situations <laughs> yeah. with with how the teams go. But you've had a good nine-year run with Chelsea. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I definitely started supporting at the right time, um, which you know, I get made fun of for. Um, but then again, like I said, I didn't know about him. And um, probably if I would have known about the whole Abramovich thing and all the money, I might mm-hmm. not have supported them. But <laughs> I'm definitely not complaining now. So, you know. So you have fond memories of, uh, of, of Frank Lampard and John Terry and Didier Drogba. And I, I just have to ask you, this is a, a question that we didn't plan for, but what were your thoughts about Drogba? Because that kind of clashed with your with your crew fandom, because you're also a crew supporter. Yeah. Um, How did you feel about that, the, the Drogba leg lock situation? 
Yeah, it was it was um, it was difficult, you know, because I I don't know if I would say that he's my favorite Chelsea player, mm-hmm. but he's he's one of two. So you know, when you see him play live, you know you. So Were you able I guess to see him when he came to Columbus. Yes, I did. Nice. Um, that was I got a couple pictures, not with him, but you know, mm-hmm. of him, and that was you know that was the closest I'd ever been. Um, you know, Stamford Bridge, you're not going to get anything like that. Right, right. Well, I, I do have Frank Lampard's story. I know this is, since we have Chelsea's partner here, I thought you'd appreciate it. This is when he joined NYC and he was eternally injured whenever he was with, um, yeah. whenever he was over here. This is when first Man City kept him around because he was doing well. So he didn't go over to New York right away because he was oh, actually he scored sick. against Chelsea too. Oh, I know. I'm sorry. That hurt. I, I, that hurt. I didn't mean. I didn't mean to. It was in that the year that you won the title. I'm pretty sure that was the year that Chelsea won the title with Jose too. So I'm over it. Um, so I was at the Crew <laughs> Stadium and I was there with my nephew. He likes to play on the smaller, the smaller pitch, um, on the west end of the stadium. Um, even during the match, but okay, when the when the second half started, I was like, okay, we got to go. So we went up one of the side staircases, and Mop Frey, it's not exactly, um, it's not exactly Stamford Bridge. It's not exactly, you know, New Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It has a fond place in my heart. But as I was going up one of these uh, back staircases, Frank Lampard walked right next to us. It was just me and my nephew and Frank, like crossing paths as wow. we went up and down the stairs. And I'm not a Chelsea supporter. I'm not an NYC supporter, but being right next to this guy, all I could muster up as he passed, I was like, hey, Frank, and that was it. And then we waved to each other. So I, <laughs> not, not nearly as exciting as, you know, seeing Chelsea play live, but um, I was right there with him, and now he hasn't done too bad for you. Uh, yeah, um, when, they, when, when I first found out, or, you know, not... When I first found out, when we rephrase, when the rumors first started swirling, you know, people would ask my opinion, and I was like, uh, you know, club legend coming back as a coach after only coaching one year. You know, I want him to come back when he's going to be, you know, a great manager as well as a great player, so he can be remembered both, you know, as both. But I was wrong, and again. I'm not going to complain about it. Because so. <laughs> that's that's always the fear when you bring in like the club legend is, you know, I'm a I'm a Cubs fan. And there was a rumor a, a while back that they were going to bring in Ryan Sandberg, you know, as the manager. And it's like, yeah, that's that's great until he fails. Right. Because mm-hmm. then because then you've got to fire, you know, one of the most beloved players in your in your club's history. Yeah. Like, how do you deal with that? You know, so, yeah, I could imagine the the anxiety over something like that that kind of a hiring were you torn a little bit were were you torn a little bit lately because i can see two different narratives here with christian pulisic and he's had a good last few games he came on he had that brace in the first half ended up having a hat trick what he had a a header and both feet so he had like a complete hat trick in, in his match and then he had another goal in the next match i joked around with some friends i think we even talked about on the pod where the British media is probably looking at it as, oh, look at Frank Lampard. He's such an amazing manager. He brought Pulisic off, this guy who might have been loaned out, and he brought him in and he motivated him to score these goals. And then the U.S. side, 
was, oh my God, look at Christian Pulisic. He is the chosen one. He's the one that we all thought he was. How did you, how do you feel about um, how he's been doing so far, Chelsea, and kind of the narrative behind him? Uh, probably somewhere in the middle of, of those two camps. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that sounds really lukewarm, but um, I mean, we all knew that he was a great player. His form kind of fell off at, at the end there uh, with Dortmund. Mm-hmm. And so you could kind of, you know, at least I felt that you could see there was something, you know, maybe he was like struggling with something. You know, I don't know if, you know, if it was, you know, after after the um, that last U.S. game, you could see he's really frustrated. It seemed like something changed there. So, you know, you don't know if it was if he found something within himself or if, you know, Frank found a way to, to motivate him. But, um, you know, it's probably a little bit of both. I mean, at one time. You know, Frank was, you know, the best midfielder in the world. So, you know, and playing for England, I think he can understand having that, 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 the, the stress. And, you know, yeah. Impart a little bit of wisdom to, uh, to a young, a young star like that, you know, help him out. He knows a little you know, bit about what, the game. Yeah. A little bit. So that, that seems to be his thing too. Is he seems to be able to be to motivate these these young players who have just come out and really exceeded expectations. For, it's for, the youth movement, man. Uh, Mason Mount and Tammy Abraham, and which is which is the complete opposite of what everyone thinks of Chelsea. Like everyone yeah. thinks of Chelsea as we're going to sell off all the kids and they're loan out all the out. kids, and, <laughs> yeah. and then and then pay you know for the stars and. It's it's interesting to see them doing the opposite, like winning with. Obviously, they spent you know a pretty good amount of money to bring in Pulisic, but uh, you know some of these other guys, they're winning with kids, some of which they brought through their own systems. I mean, it's it's different. And there was a big worry too that you had that transfer ban, and yeah. we thought, oh, Pulisic's the only guy they're bringing in. This is going to be potentially rough. And then at the beginning of the season, you even alluded to it didn't start off all that great and their the expectations weren't too high but now they've what how many have they won in a row five or six straight uh, i think this over the weekend was third or sixth yeah they've been remember. they've been doing real it's good when when they've won so many that you forget how many they've won in a row Must that's a nice. good <laughs> oh brian don't don't turn this into a pity party okay Sorry, hey, we won, we won today. I'll I'll enjoy that. Um, so along those lines, I know you talked about how much you like being a Chelsea supporter. Make the case for somebody who is all right. I'm you know, crew season's over, MLS is over. I'm going to pick a Premier League. Why should somebody pick Chelsea to be the team that they support? Okay, I think uh, I think there's three reasons. Okay, and the first we talked about is the youth movement. So. Not only is the, the youth exceeding expectations right now at Chelsea, but, you know, it's, it's foreshadowing to, you know, next season. So if we're doing this good right now with, with the transfer ban and, you know, just the youth from the club, imagine what we can do without a transfer ban, yep. you know, and imagine how much even better these, these kids are going to be. Some of them are 17 years old, you know, so that's an exciting prospect of if you're just now becoming a fan and you choose Chelsea, it looks like you're not going to be having any losing seasons for a little while. So that's, that's one thing, you know, especially for bandwagon fans. The second reason is if, you know, if you're an American 
and you support, you know, American soccer, um, you know, this is, this is a huge thing for the American, the U.S. men's national team right now with, you know, Christian Pulisic being at Chelsea, um, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, when we alluded to it or talk, actually talked about it before about, you know, the pressure being on his shoulders, but, you know, that aside, this, this is, you know, we, as a, as, as an American, it's, it's been a few years since we had some, someone like this that we could really, you know, enjoy watching and be happy about and say, you know, look, you know, we got a great player, you know, playing in one of the world's top leagues, if not the world's top league. And what was the third one? I had it down here. Um, let me think about that, and I'll bring it right back to it. <laughs> no, that's fine. Those are sorry. Those are two good. No, those are two great reasons, man. Those are those are pretty solid. I mean, I was a little jealous whenever I there was a lot of rumors of Pulisic to Liverpool, but I think that they rumor everybody to Liverpool. I think they rumor everybody to everywhere. But I was, I was a little. Say, there, were, there were Spurs rumors of uh, Pulisic too, and we were never going to spend the money, but. I'm not going to lie. I get a little jealous thinking that, man, I, I would have loved to have bought a Liverpool Pulisic jersey to kind of blend those two worlds. So that's, I can see where a lot of fans have come over to Chelsea. And just talking to other supporters of not just Premier League, but English League teams, you have people saying, I'm a Fulham fan because of Brian McBride or because of, uh, because of, because of Deuce up there uh, coming, out of, coming out of the Northwest. There's a big, there's a, Big Swansea, uh, Swansea support out there over uh, Tim Howard, or an Everton support. Yeah, Tim yeah, Howard Everton, coming rather. to Everton, and also Landon Donovan even had his spell in Everton where it wasn't yeah. a bad, bad time. Yeah. But these players, I mean, Chelsea doesn't have a hard time making fans, but adding these huge names, adding the next one of U.S. soccer to their team, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't hurt the marketing very much, not at all. So it's it's an exciting time if you didn't want to be a Liverpool fan to, to maybe join up with Chelsea. It is indeed. It is indeed. <laughs> who, the, who the hell am I thinking of that played at Swansea? This is bothering me now. I I don't know. Bob Bradley coached Bob, there. That's what it was. Yeah, okay. He coached there for a weekend until he called it soccer, and then they <laughs> fired him. Obladi <laughs> oblada. Uh, so I want to kind of switch gears to to Columbus crew first as we're recording this kind of breaking news they just announced that Darlington Nagby is coming to Columbus oh really so the, yeah that, that this literally I'm getting I'm getting text after text we got the Queen Anne's Revenge folks texting us we got friend of the pod Doug Curry not really friend he probably hates us but uh Doug Curry I I got a few texts about oh man Darlington Nagby and I checked on the Twitter machine and yeah he's coming to Columbus so both of you really initial thoughts what do you think about um columbus crew becoming akron zip south i'm gonna be honest i haven't uh i haven't really paid attention to him in a couple years so i I can't really make an educated uh comment i suppose um that's okay our podcast i mean he's coming he's coming from specializes in not having educated opinions on things so don't (laughs) right in line I mean, I remember before, you know, he kind of fell. I think he got injured. Is that it? I can't remember. But, I mean, it was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was he was the talk of the town there for a while. 
you know, even, you know, even the pundits and the, you know, U.S. men's game, um, speaking of him in glowing terms. And, um, I mean, he played for Atlanta United and they're not, they're not bad. So they're not a bad club at all. I mean, he was with Porter, uh, like I joked around in Akron in his collegiate career with Will Trapp. And then he was up in Portland with Porter when they won the MLS Cup. <sighs> when they won Who the MLS would he Cup. Replace? That's a great question. That's what I was thinking because we have a midfield. We have Will Trapp. We have Artur there. Unless every offseason seems to rumor that Will Trapp is going somewhere, that Will Trapp is going overseas because he has that, what is that, Greek passport? He's got um, He's got dual citizenship where he can go over there and kind of avoid the work visa issue. Um I don't know. This is a great question. I mean, it's a good problem to have because you mentioned Guzman too. The the crew midfield is not looking not looking horrible right now. Yeah, I think Guzman. I mean, if it was my choice out of out of all the midfielders, I think he's the one that you would say shines the least. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting. I think Porter's in. He wants to. He even joked around about it. Not joked, but he was serious when he said that. He wants to make sure that he's coaching when they move to the new stadium. So he he kind of realized that last season was not up to expectations, and he doesn't want to lose his job over over some bad decisions. So he's kind of bringing in the guys that he knows. And I mean, you can't you can't fault a guy for that. But um, Brian, do you have any? What, what are you thinking? Can I be honest with you? I don't know who the guy is. What? I've only really so I'm I'm kind of new to MLS. Um That's fair. Didn't really uh, you know this is kind of only my second season following the crew really. So I'm I'm kind of new to the uh to the MLS game. I really don't have much to add. Um the people seem to be happy about it on Twitter. For the most part it seems to be positive so that could just be you know the uh, anybody that we sign is going to be good kind of folks or you know it could be indicative of uh of that it's going to be a helpful signing i mean i'm excited to see at least they're making moves right i mean mm-hmm. shows that they understand that moves need to be made you know things that we want to build kind of that support build that uh continue building a winning team for to hopefully have you know a winning team when we get in the new stadium right so there's that that's I mean, it's the off season, but it's still exciting. It's things like this can happen. This is a kind of a this is a big splash. This is kind of a big deal. But that's not why we're here. I thought it'd be some breaking news to to bring up. I'm going to edit this entire thing out. Uh, Brian, I have a question for you. Going back to uh, last week, we've had John Corleone on here, and we were seatmates on our fateful trip up north to Toronto. Um, on Fun Bus One, the the innocent Fun Bus, the um, the Mary Poppins of Fun Buses, you could say, very proper, um, followed the rules, kept everything to a T. We we kind of waxed a little bit about what could have happened on Fun Bus Two. There were talks of fake passports. We find out, and this is just a couple days ago. You mentioned after listening to the pod that you were on Fun Bus Two. Yes, I was. So this is why, like, we... I know you're the backup, Brian. You're the bub. 
but we needed to bring you on with the actual Bryant too. We needed to get you on here to kind of grill you. What happened? What happened on Fumbus too? Why was I sitting at the Canadian border for four hours? Mm. You're under so, oath. I, I, I have yeah, to it was, you. You're under oath. Yeah, it was. Um, so as I, as I mentioned, I lived in St. Clairsville. So from St. Clairsville to Matt Free Stadium is exactly like literally with no traffic, one hour and 45 minutes to the minute. Um, so I can't remember. Do you guys remember what time we left? What time the buses left? We left around um, seven or so in the morning, six or seven in the morning. It was it was an early morning. Yeah, yeah that's what it was. I think I got up around around 3 a.m. and left to get there. Anyways, I was, you know, I was tired and, and, and whatnot, and I, I wear contacts, but I try not to wear them if I don't have to. So if it's dark, I just wear glasses. And um, so, you know, we got on the bus, it was dark, and um, I brought my contacts with me. So we get to the to the border, and um, the sun's up, so I was like, I'm just going to go while we're stopped here. I'm going to put my contacts in. So I put my contacts in or whatever. So, like, you know, you know that initial little bit of, like, you know, red eye type of thing whenever you put in your contacts little, you know and I'd, I'd been sleeping too so you know a little bleary eyed mm-hmm. so uh they empty the bus off and we go in and we're in line and we're walking through and handing our passports and, and um i'm getting closer and closer to the beginning of the line and the uh the you know the drug sniffing dog is you know doing his rounds through the crowd to you know make sure nobody has any drugs on him or whatever mm-hmm. and um I, you know, he, I guess he alerted on, um, somebody else. And I was like, Oh man, that, that, that really sucks for them, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, the dog comes walking over to me and alerts on me. And I'm like, what? And he walks over to the guy next to me and alerts on him too. So they take <sighs> us back into this interrogation room and, um, which had like glass, a glass front. So like everybody could see, you know, you're getting, you know, interrogated, you know, and I'm going through my mind. I'm like, oh, my goodness. You know, like horrible movies start out like this. You know, like, this is <laughs> this is not where I want to be, you know, like drug dog alerting on me at an international border. <sighs> so, um, you know, he's he's like, you know, you know, you have any drugs on you? I said, no, I don't. He's like, you know, did you bring any with you? And he's like, come on, you know, just maybe you brought a little weed before you go into the soccer game or whatever. No, we don't really care. You know, you just just can't bring it across the border if you tell us you know you just give it to us we'll let you go to the game and whatever and it's not like i'm telling you it's not me like i don't have anything and you know i'm, I'm just getting nervous at this point because they don't believe me i'm like you, know, you can go look in my bag you know it's like, I, just, <laughs> right. I don't have this so they they, they, they they you know they let me and the other guy you know out of the um, interrogation room and um so we're sitting there and you know everyone's like talking i'm like super embarrassed at this point too because it's like you know everyone's sitting there they're all angry why are we waiting at the border you know and they see me getting interrogated so i'm sure that they were thinking like oh great what did this guy do so i'm sitting there and i'm thinking everything's fine so then they come back over and they pull me back into the room again this time alone and they're like look man your eyes are red um (laughs) you your your non-verbals are you're acting like you're nervous um, you know, the dog alerted on you. We know you have drugs. So just give us the drugs and you can go or whatever, you know, it's just, just don't lie to us. 
And at this point, I'm like frantic. I'm like, I, I don't have anything. I don't have anything. I really, really don't. So he's like, all right, we're going to take this dog through the bus again, you know, and if it alerts on you, nobody's crossing the border. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm like, oh, man, I hope the guy next to me didn't, like, bring some weed or something, you know. So I'm, like, sitting there and I'm waiting. And uh, they come back and they're like, oh, it's all good, everybody. We found it. And um, so I'm, I'm still not sure exactly 100% who had it. But the story was that um, there was two people who brought it. One was an adult and one wasn't. And um, they, they found it. That's what they said. And they let everybody go to the game. But, um, yeah, it was... It was pretty scary for me, at least. You know, I we're getting close. I feel like we're getting closer to finding out the true reason. Now we we found some probable cause. Now we need to find out who this person was. I know I'm. I'm more. I'm more. I mean, invested into it than Brian. I have to admit because. I was there and I was impacted and I wanted to know so bad. And so many rumors happened. I mean, you heard John again, fake passports. He was talking about people making illegal documents. This is a little bit different story, but we we're getting close. I, I'm glad you I'm glad you got through with that and you, there was no harm. Those Canadians are nice. But don't take that as um, don't take that as they're they're not thorough because they're definitely thorough, it sounds like. Uh, I, yeah, I wouldn't say they were nice either. I'll be honest with you. So hmm. like when I was, you know, I was in law enforcement when I was in the military. Well, I wasn't personally in law enforcement, but that was my career field. Mm-hmm. So I'd gone through a law enforcement um, academy and I knew like, you know, I know all the basic stuff of law enforcement. And um, so I told him that I was like, look, guys, you know, like I used to be a cop, you know, it's not. I understand, you know, I'm not I, I just it's not me. I don't have it. And um, the one guy, he looked at me and he goes, well, you must have been a shitty cop then. <laughs> and I was like, wow. at that point, like the fear went away and I was like, why would you say that? And then he kind of like, he kind of like, you can see his eyes kind of like mellowed out a little bit. And he was like, oh, I just meant like, you know, like, like you're nonverbals. Like you just seem really, really nervous. And I'm like, well, yeah, who wouldn't be in this situation? You know what I'm saying? You like, pulled come me on, into man. an interrogation room. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, I, I, if you're super calm in that situation, that's actually, I'd be more concerned if you were calm in that situation than if you were nervous. Yeah, yeah. I think, in my personal opinion, is I think the dog handler was a little bit annoyed that his dog false alerted. So. Yeah, or the guy standing next to you was the guy who brought the weed in. Well, it wasn't him either. I can vouch for that. Um, what what was the, the thing that was going around on bus too was that there was a teenager who was there with one of his parents, I guess, or her parents. I'm not sure. And, um, you know, that's why they didn't like self-identify because they were more scared of their parents knowing that they had weed than <laughs> the Canadian border guards. So. Uh, okay. All right. Well, we live to... We live to solve the puzzle another day. We're getting closer, and I appreciate your your cooperation with this interrogation. That sounds like a this sounds like a fantastic idea for like one of those uh, true crime podcasts. <laughs> like you know, this is like the next serial. Like I can see it coming. Oh uh, yeah, serial um, Nordec on tour. 
uh, nor on tour buses. Yeah. Well, well, we'll leave that at that. Brian, we, we thank you so much for, for kind of taking the time and getting to talk to us for us, getting to know you a little bit more, getting to engage with um, someone who's listened to the pod and someone who shares similar interests with us. And even though you're a Chelsea supporter, we, we really enjoyed uh, spending time with you. But we have one last thing. Brian and me, Brian and I, the other Brian. This is confusing. We saw on the internets that you're getting married in three weeks. Yes. Yes, I am. That's pretty awesome. So first off, um, congratulations. Thank you. It's just seeing on the internets, it looks like you and her are very happy together. You've even um, coerced her into wearing Chelsea gear. So yes. she, she loves you. That was the second thing I ever bought for her. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, <laughs> so between Brian and I, uh, my I've been married for 11 years with my wife, Amy, and our, our kiddos and such. And I know you have a child also. Uh, and Brian, you and Alyssa have been married for five years, right? Coming up on five years? Coming up on five in January, yep. So we just wanted to share a nugget, just a nugget of some some advice that we found works for us <laughs> over the 16 cumulative years. So Brian, what, what do you have for him? Um, so I'll, I'll give you the advice my dad gave to me um, the day I got married. Um, he said, you can either be happy or you can be right, but you can't be both. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that's great. <laughs> Triggered his asthma. You triggered his asthma. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Now, are you okay? <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> I got a new inhaler, so I'm good now. Oh, good. Okay. Okay. Oh, that was great. And by the way, happy birthday. Oh, happy thanks. Birthday, thanks. Kate. Yeah. Yeah. Your birthday was, uh, what was it, just a few days ago? Yeah, it was the uh, 25th, same day as uh, Pipa. We're actually yeah, born on the exact same day of the year, too. Same year. Oh, wow. Brothers from different mothers. We can have Trace Iguains if we had our cards in the right in the right order. And my my advice, this is something that my wife and I very much adhere to is, you know, uh you know not everything's perfect and we don't have uh much of a a leash, I guess you'd say, whenever it comes to um debating things or discussing things. So just um I, I'm not best way to describe it is um, just let it out. <laughs> My wife and I are very <laughs> healthy communication. Let it out. Let each other know what's going on. And that, we see like the we feel like that's worked for us really well. But anyway, congratulations. That's that's awesome. We're happy for you, and we're um, happy that you two are going to spend long, long years together. Absolutely. So cheers to that. All right. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Cheers. And thank you again for. For being on tonight, we we appreciate your your time. Oh, thanks for having me. I had a blast. That was a fun interview. I know that was the first time we've actually met Bryant outside of social media. But I mean, he's seems like a good guy. I mean, he listens to us, so he doesn't. He's not perfect, but he seems like a good guy. Seems like a good dude. I mean, for a, for a Chelsea supporter, you know, it's all relative, of course. <laughs> but um, no, the seems nicest like a good... Chelsea supporter I've met. He's the nicest one I've met too. No, it was it was awesome. It was really appreciate him coming on, talking with us. It was a good, uh, really good conversation. We got to the bottom of at least part of the bottom of a mystery as well. So, 
Ooh, we're getting so close. I can feel it. I can feel it in my cockles. We're getting there. <laughs> All right. Speaking of uh, speaking of cockles, that was not a good segue. We're gonna, before we wrap things up, we do we haven't done this this segment in a while. But I've listened to a lot of podcasts. You've listened to a lot of podcasts. I think it's time. We we've talked about some negativity. We've talked about some censorship. So we want to promote some folks who speak their mind. So we're gonna we're gonna get uh, down and dirty with some uh, spicy hot pot love. Mm. So Brian, start us off. What are what's a pod? What's a couple pods that you've been listening to lately that you want other people to listen to? So you know we're gonna go with something. There's been a lot of. I've been a little fired up this evening, right? I've ranted. I've I've gone uh, gone a little a little overboard with some things, but you know, right now. I think now, at one point you even ripped your shirt off. Hulk Hogan. I think style. you did a Hulk Hulkamania, brother. brother. What you gonna do when Bryant and me runs wild on you? Um, you know, we're gonna talk about something that's fun, that's happy. Um, a couple of really bright, cheery people. Um. One thing that you and I, I think, have bonded over and talked about, and actually one thing that my uh, my wife and I originally bonded over when we first started dating way back when was The Office. Um, mm. We both love The Office. Uh, it's one of the funniest shows, I think, that I've ever watched. Um, and so recently, um, you know, Jenna Fisher and uh wow angela kinsey angela kinsey i was gonna say angela martin but i I was like no that's her character's last name (laughs) um did a podcast and they are basically breaking down so far they've broken down each episode one by one um they're telling stories i've learned so many like background things that i had no idea that were going on ton of easter eggs yeah yeah, and so it's we've had a lot of fun. Um, they've gone through that first season is so strong. Um, they've already broken down my all-time favorite um, Office episode, which is Diversity Day. <laughs> um, and just it's so much fun to listen to these and then go back and watch the episode and pick up on some of the things they're talking about. I'll pick up on things I'd never noticed before. Or, you know, they might mention something that was in the background. So Alyssa and I have had fun like trying to oh my gosh, there's that little thing that they mentioned was like sitting in the background of a shot. And, you know, there it is. Um, one thing that I, I wasn't expecting when I went to listen to it, just a little warning. They are very like bubbly and very happy and very um, positive, positive And everybody is everything's great. And everything's great. And um, as you can listen to us, you know, you can tell we're both kind of miserable. Um, which I think most people are that do podcasts, but they're, they're just, this is a cheaper form of therapy. They're just so darn happy. And, you know, at first it was shocking, honestly, um, three episodes in, I'm kind of getting into a groove with it where I kind of look forward to maybe just that little bit of like sunshine. You know what I mean? (laughs) You are in Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. We don't see that. We don't get much of that here. Um, Angela in particular, like I didn't know much about her. I'd never really like Jenna Fisher. I'd seen on some interviews and stuff. I'd never really seen, um, Angela in real life is so the opposite of her character so much. I mean, it's night and day. She does such a good job playing like Angela on the show because it's, it's completely the opposite of how she is. Right. 
but yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's funny. They're they're fairly short. Um, I think they're forty to forty five minutes. So it's it's just a fun little listen. Makes you want to go back and watch the episodes. Uh, you know, reminiscing, learning new things. Highly recommend it. It's it's a lot of fun. Well, nice. Yeah, I've I've listened. To it. I haven't gotten to the new one yet. They're doing the uh, what's it? Oh, the the pact. The alliance. The, Elite, the alliance. They've got the alliance on next. I haven't listened to that one yet. I've gotten into a lot of podcasts lately. Never ours. I never listen to ours. Oh God, no. Why would when you? people at work say they listen to it, I'm like, why would you? Why would you do that to yourself? God. Uh, there are a few I'm going to share. I'm going to go through them. Not rapid fire, but I'm going to give a little bit of information for a few. I'm going to start um, a little micro. I have a friend up in Northeast Ohio, pastor of a church named Noah Schumacher. He, listening to his opinions, listening to his views, he's not your average pastor in terms of views. You might have a certain idea of, okay, a Christian evangelical pastor, what are they going to say? I feel like I know what they're going to say. And he has very different views on things. So he has a podcast that just started called The Last Podcast, where he covers different top t- topics each time. An episode that just dropped tonight, I've not listened to it yet. I'm really excited. It's about Christian nationalism, which we've talked about politics on here. We, we're kind of, we say it's a soccer podcast, but I think we get more fired up about <laughs> debates and tweets and articles than we do about soccer. But for sure, I can't wait to listen to it because I have a feeling I know where it's going to go. And I've been talking to people. I've been talking to you, Brian. I told Shane about it. I've been telling friends about it. Like, I cannot wait to listen to this. So I'm going to dig into that one tomorrow, but it's called the last podcast. We're going to send a link out. It's kind of harder to find. It's not as out there as say the office ladies or the next couple I'm going to share. What were you going to say? I was going to say, it sounds fascinating. Um, I can't wait. We haven't talked about religion much. I don't consider myself particularly religious, but at the same time, it sounds, sounds fascinating. Just get a different perspective on things. Yeah. And we're going to have him on the pod. He's agreed to to come on the pod at some point. Nice. So maybe in the next few weeks we can see. Although we do have, we'll talk about it the outro, but we got a, a good guest next week too. Yeah. Two more. First one is What a Day. It's a 15 to 20 minute podcast every day, every weekday. Akili Hughes and Gideon Resnick do current events. They've been talking about politics a lot with the impeachment inquiry and also the election day yesterday with all the. Um, with all the different governor's races, different uh, representative races, different ballot initiatives that have come on. And they do it all really concise, and they do it in language that you can understand, and it's quick. You can, I mean, I drive about a 25-minute drive to work, and I can finish the episode every morning. I wake yeah. up, download it from my favorite app. The Overcast app is my favorite app. Anyway, I download it on there, and I put it on when I start the car. It's it's become my my friend in the car I feel like I can almost drive in the carpool lane, having Akilah and Gideon <laughs> in the car with me. And then the last one, we, we'll kind of end the pod then at this point. Conan O'Brien has a podcast. I've had a soft spot for Conan O'Brien for, I would say, maybe 15 years. I've been watching Conan O'Brien from back when he was on the late night show until uh, Jay Leno came and um, gave him the screw job a little bit with going into the tonight show and even now on <laughs> TBS and stuff, he's got a podcast called Conan O'Brien needs a friend. It is, it is great. He just yeah. had his last episode. He had Neil young on Ooh. and they're talking about 
his new album, they're talking about his initiatives of getting high quality music. Cause you know, the MP3s you listen to all that music you stream is only 5% of the actual sound quality that you would get from a vinyl or from something he's going to announce soon, a higher quality of music that even a, a, a digital file that sounds like the actual players playing it, the recording happening. So Conan talks to Neil Young. He also has episodes with John Oliver, Tina Fey, anybody in the comedy world you can think of. He does an interview and it's not like, comedians and cars getting coffee where it's just like hey we're both comedians we're both funny let's just raise each other up because conan o'brien has that self-deprecating slash i'm the king of the world type humor combined together and it's just it's great stuff so i i cannot speak of it highly enough um and also i guess our podcast thank you so much for listening if you've gotten this far we appreciate you 10 episodes in We've got a lot more where that came from. God bless Uh, you. God bless you. We pray for you every night. Uh, I want you to engage with us on the Twitters. We're mainly on on Twitter, at Brian and me. I mean, we have an Instagram page, but we like talking with people. We like getting to know folks, and I think Twitter is a really great platform for that. So um, engage us. Hang out with us. Follow us. We'll follow you back, and we'll stalk you, and we'll talk to you all the time, and we'll send you weird DMs in the middle of the night. Give us a review also on iTunes. Um, send us your reviews. Give us five stars. Send us your funniest reviews. We're going to read the funny reviews on here. Didn't get any last week, but that's okay. We're still shooting at, at a five-star rating right now, which is pretty good because there's only five stars to choose from. So we, we got de- all five. We deserve it. I mean, let's be honest. Well, eh, let's just be happy with what we get. We also do a song of the day. Today we did Neil Young from his newest album, uh, Colorado. And oddly enough, Brian, you, uh, your dad's birthday is today. My so dad's happy birthday, Mr. Caves. Happy birthday, Mike Caves. Yeah, he is 57 today. Um, it was fitting that you shared the Neil Young song. That is probably his favorite uh, solo artist of all time. He's a his favorite uh, musician, music group of all time is Rush. That's his favorite, mm-hmm. but Neil Young is up there from a solo artist perspective. So yeah, it was uh, it was funny that you posted that today. But yeah, I had no idea. Dad. I had no idea. So happy birthday, Mr. Caves. You done good. At least it's one of the kids. I've never met your brother. He might be a total jerk. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we'll let him decide. Uh, we so we have that on the song of the day. I also finally uplate updated the playlist. I was about two weeks behind, but I got it. So the playlists are up to date. I might start making it a monthly playlist because if you keep getting songs on here, you're going to have a 365-day playlist. Although on the weekends, we kind of get lazy with the song of the day. But we got lives. We got Christmas sales to drink. So thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Be a friend and tell a, tell a friend about the podcast. We'll be eternally indebted to you. And before we call it uh, quits today, I want to wish happy Veterans Day to all those who have served the country. Also, tonight, uh, Brian, our special guest, he has served in the military. I also, I know this is not Memorial Day, but it is Veterans Day. I want to call out a friend named Cherie Capper, who earlier this year actually took her life. Wow. Uh, she was in the military. She was in my unit. We were good friends, lost communication over the years, but hearing it was was really rough and 
sometimes the battle is not overseas. People take that home with them and they have those troubles with them. So thank a veteran. Thank somebody who has served the country. Even if you don't agree with everything the country does, these people are volunteering. Even at times where they might not like their boss, they'll volunteer because they care about things that, um, things that like freedom and having rights and being safe here at home. So thanks somebody because, um, there are people out there who haven't made it. Absolutely. Well said. And I, and I know you weren't saying this to, to bring it so I could say this to you, but thank you. Obviously you're a veteran as well. Um, so thank you for your service as well. No, it's not about me. It's about all I you folks. So thank you. Thank you so much, everyone. And, uh, you have a great night. Take care. Adios.